0: Miracy.
1: So in my responsibility as a coach, I serve as that midwife that helps my clients actually push through those moments where they feel like, oh, this is too much for me.
0: Have you ever felt the chill of self-doubt, questioning if anyone would even want to listen to you or if you're a good coach. You are not alone. Today, we're diving into the battle against self-sabotage and negative self-talk, exploring the fears that stop us from stepping into the spotlight and sharing our unique insights and experiences. Hi, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach ever wondered why even after silencing self-doubt, we still struggle to show up consistently, but you want to know how to break these cycles, how to connect consistently, both for your clients and yourself as a coach. We'll keep listening to how to turn self-doubt into self-belief and inconsistency into a strong momentum. Chantel Henry is joining me today to discuss this topic with me, and she's a transformational coach, a speaker, she's an author, she's built a multi-six-figure speaking and coaching platform. She helps her clients to develop their core intellectual property in the form of books, courses, or keynotes to expand their influence and reach their goals. As the founder of The League of Experts, Chantel has helped over 1,300 people write and publish their books. Welcome, Chantel. Thank you so much, Melinda, for having me. I'm excited to have you on the show. And before we get into today's juicy topic, would you mind sharing just a little bit of your background?
1: Yeah. So, my background really starts from growing up in Baltimore City. I always had a penchant for things that were different because the things that I did as a young person was like totally different from what everyone else did in the mainstream. So I always had this penchant for diverse experiences. And so that has led me throughout my life to seek things that are different and enriching. And so growing up in Baltimore, then moving across the country to Georgia, then across the world to Trinidad and Tobago, (laughs) thats pretty much has been my story and my background. And so I'm so happy to be here and be a part of the conversation.
0: Yeah, let's dive in. You know, when we were preparing for this episode, And talking about self-doubt, thinking about that negative self-talk, it took me back to, I had been a coach, had my own business for, gosh, not even a year. And then that morphed into what has now become the Coach's Console, which is a technology and coaching company. And I remember the self-doubt. I'm like, what in the world, Melinda? Like, You do not know anything about technology. Are you nuts? What are you thinking? And I remember battling that and trying to get that to just literally shut up. I'm really excited to dive into this because I know so many coaches face this and the clients that they work with when they're leaping out of their comfort zone for whatever area they're being coached in, like that negative self-talk can get really loud. In your work as a coach, what's a common problem that you see in those struggling with self-sabotage and that negative self-talk that you're aiming to solve?
1: Well, I can really relate to your point of feeling almost as if you didn't qualify for the role that you know you were called to serve in. In between the starting place and the finish line, there is a lot of doubt, a lot of fear, a lot of uh, sort of thinking that you may not have something important to say, or if you have something important to say, who's going to be willing to listen? And I find that that is sort of the story of a lot of our lives as we go into entrepreneurship, Melinda. It's like we know that we have a gift on the inside of us, but the conversations, that negative self-talk, that swirl in our head sometimes prevent us from taking the step forward into the direction of not just being an entrepreneur, but being a successful entrepreneur. So I see that popping up a lot. And one of the surefire ways to overcome that, I've found, is really understanding this concept. That if you could change the life of just one person, then it makes your gift valuable. Sometimes we're so caught up thinking about the masses and, oh, what if I go in front of the audience and I bomb? Or what if I start the podcast and nobody listens? You're thinking about the forest when, you know, God really wants you to just think of that one tree that can be planted, that can grow, and that can produce fruit that will feed generations to come.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that drove me for so long, actually, exactly what you just said. There's the movie Schindler's List. Do you remember that movie? I do. Spoiler alert for anybody who has not seen it. First off, if you've not seen it, you should go watch it. But I remember the very last scene at the end when all the people in his manufacturing facilities, they're sending him off to safety. He looks down at his cuff links and he's like, oh my gosh, that could have been two more that I could have saved. And it's like, just that one more, how can I help that one more? And that really influenced in a weird way. As I was building my business, it's like, who's that one person right in front of me? Who's that next person that I can impact? And it really made a difference to not get me so like out of my comfort zone and into the freak out land that I'm like, no, it's just me and this one person or me and these few people. How can I help them on their journey? And it really made a difference in quieting the critical voice and really opening my heart to the compassion. And that's, I would just lead with that massive compassion and it helped me navigate that self-doubt a lot. I
1: love that. You know, each of us, we have the responsibility to really Go at it bravely, even though we're afraid, right? So I love the analogy with the movie. It's really about on that path that you don't know what your next step is going to be. Chances are there's gonna be signposts that let you know you're going in the right direction. And the people who will eventually respond are those signposts that let us know, hey, thank God that I did take that next step because look at the lives that I've touched along the way. But it first starts with that one step.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about those signposts for a second. I call them synchronicities. And it's these synchronicities that are those signposts, like you described, that says you're in the right place, doing the right thing in this exact right moment, take the next step. And it often will give insight into what that next step might be. How do we even hear or see those synchronicities when sometimes that self-sabotage or that negative self-talk can be so loud?
1: Yeah, the synchronicities really come when you are willing to put up the Facebook post anyway, put up the Instagram post, even though no one is responding. Because what that does is it it's almost like a vote. And each time you take the step, it's a vote in the direction of where you want to be. So your action, even though it may not produce immediately, it's watering the seed. And it's only After you continue to water the seed on a consistent basis, then you realize like, wow, I'm a lot further than I was a month ago when I was super nervous and the negative thoughts were surrounding in my head. Wow, I can actually show up on live and not care if there's only one viewer, right? So it really starts with the action and then the evidence will appear eventually.
0: Mm, That's something really good to remember. It starts with the action. Yeah, we say that all the time. We call them villains and the action is the antidote to our villains. The more we can stay in action or be in action, the more it quiets them down and it opens us to see differently. And there was a question that I learned many, many, many years ago, and it's been one I carry with me. And whenever that the villains get loud or that negative self-talk gets loud, I go to this question a lot and it's, what am I more committed to right now? And for some reason, that question allows me to take a deep breath. Shift my focus because I'd rather do it and then figure out how to do differently than not do it at all. Because if I don't do it at all, I can guarantee I'm never going to be in front of my people and I won't help anybody.
1: Exactly. I love what you said. It's a guarantee that if you do nothing, you'll get nothing. And so we have to be compassionate with ourselves, but we also have to hold ourselves accountable as well. I like to think about this idea that, you know, we are one person away from our breakthrough.
0: So true. I've seen it so many times where they give up right before that moment. And so many times I hear people are so discouraged, they're ready to give up. And then they're like, I'm going to do this anyway. And they take that one next step. And it was the game changer. It was all the difference in the world. And when you look back on your journey, is there any advice you wished you'd had or followed when it came to overcoming self-doubt and maintaining that consistent action in your work?
1: Absolutely. I think about the time when I first started my business, I started off as a speaker. I wrote a book called On a Mission, 21 Secrets for College Success. So I actually had come out of being a student, got my master's, and then I decided that I wanted to teach. So I went back and started teaching. Well, I soon realized that I was done with the classroom, whether I was in front of the class or sitting in the chair. I had, I wanted nothing to do with like, the traditional academic life. So I stepped out of the classroom and I wrote my first book. I thought immediately I would get speaking engagements because here I am, 25, a former professor. I have the evidence that shows that I've, I'm knowledgeable in this area. But Melinda, the phone never rang. <laughs> and I started to doubt myself. I was like, okay, well, am I really qualified for this thing that I'm so passionate about? Do people even really care about the 21 ways that I was able to? get a full ride scholarship and travel to over 11 countries while in school. Do they care about this stuff? And so doubt started to creep in. And I thought, well, maybe I should go and get a job and do something different. But what I realized is that even during my painful moments of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, because things weren't coming through, I realized that my pain should not interrupt my progress. Because even though it's a painful journey to get you know, a lot of no's when you pitch yourself as a speaker or to get no sales when you launch a digital course, even though that's a painful experience to not get the clients that you were expecting when you left your job, you should not let the pain interrupt the progress. Because if you're doing the steps that your coach, that your training is teaching you to take, then guess what? The results have to come eventually, right? may come in a different form than you expected, right? You may set out to have 10 clients, but you get that one that pays the invoice in full, right? That can allow you to have some leveraging cash flow while the others are coming in. So the gift may not show up in the package that you thought it would, but the truth is, is that if you just commit to the progress, commit to taking those leaps and those steps, then eventually the results will happen. I know what it's like to actually see the promise, but be in the middle of the process that it's very unclear if I'll make it. And also to see the benefit of actually going through that process, even though I wanted to quit.
0: Now, let's look at it from our client's perspective. So we've been talking so far about us as coaches and as we're working in our own business and pursuing our own path and calling. What's been one of your most significant discoveries in helping your clients overcome their self-sabotage, their negative self-talk, and helping them to stay consistent towards their goals?
1: I feel almost like a midwife at times. So in my responsibility as a coach, I serve as that midwife that helps my clients actually push through those moments where they feel like, oh, this is too much for me. No, it's actually very easy to climb the mountain because you have support. You have someone who's holding you at every side. And so I realized that when you think about your task, whatever it may be, as you not going at it alone, I find that support networks and affirmations and reaffirming our purpose on the journey is what helps a lot to know that we can do it. And my clients have seen the same thing. They're like, wow, I knew I had a book on the inside of me, but now you've made me realize I have an entire library. Okay. (laughs) Now let's just push this baby out because the world needs what I have to say.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. Can you share a daily habit or weekly habit that you consistently practice that contributes to helping you do this? That's Contributed to your success, you know, as you're staying consistent in pursuing the tasks at hand? Have an
1: accountability partner. I have the benefit of having a husband who's also my business partner. And so we'll have these accountability meetings that aren't intimidating, right? Because we'll start off having conversations about just our overall wellness. And then we'll go into the conversations about business. How am I doing as the CEO? And so I think. The benefit of having an accountability partner is one that will radically change the way that you operate in whatever task that you're pursuing, right? Um, accountability partner should be one that has either traversed the journey that you're on or one that is on your same level and you can check in with them and they can check in with you. I think, Melinda, that has been one of the key shifts in my overall well being as a business owner and even as a person is knowing that I have someone on the other side in front of me, behind me, right, on every side, that will be that sounding board to check in with when I feel like I want to (laughs) quit, when I feel like, you know, I don't know which way to go, having that has been really a difference maker for me.
0: Yeah. Now how long did it take for you, your definition of success? like in terms of what we're talking about with overcoming the self-doubt and maintaining that consistency in your path, how long did it take for that to manifest in your life?
1: I'm still on my journey. (laughs) much still on my journey. So I don't think that there comes a point where you arrive because even if you get better at a certain area, like for me, my biggest thing was like keeping a schedule. What I did was I made a schedule and I showed it to my accountability partner. So often they would check in like, oh, I see on your to-do lists, you're supposed to be sending out emails, right? Have you been sticking to that? So that type of accountability has helped me feel like, okay, I've actually mastered that area in a way, but where that's being mastered, there's something else that may need some picking up. So I think one thing that I have learned to do is instead of seeing the bucket with many holes, when I do patch up a hole, I celebrate that success so that I can actually feel like I've made progress and for those areas where i still need more progress i get reinforcement like i have multiple virtual assistants for different areas of my life and so i think that that is an important lesson is that your life will give you indications of certain levels of mastery but that doesn't mean that you know life is just perfect and you're swimming in A pool full of candy. No. Mm -hmm. You actually still need to have those reinforcements so that one area that improves doesn't cause a slipping in another area.
0: I love how you describe get the reinforcements that you need for whatever step that you're on, whether it's a VA or other support or whatever kind of resource it is. Now, for me, I'm an introvert and being invisible, like that's how I knew if I'm invisible. Life can be great. And so that was me for the longest time. And so perfect Portia, that was my villain. If everything is just perfect, I can just remain invisible. Nobody notices me. I'm in the background. And that was my personal situation. And I knew that in my business, I hit this point of enough is enough. I'm tired of knowing all this awesomeness on the inside. I want my fireworks to be on the outside. I want everybody to see them and benefit from them. And I hit that enough is enough point. And so it's interesting when I think back to the challenge I had with being invisible, the self-doubt to the negative self-talk, confirming that I should be invisible and keeping me there and just getting to that, like I had to hit that enough as enough point where I was like, no, I'm not willing to be invisible any longer. My journey, my path, my calling is more important than me continuing to be invisible. But I did not have that enough as enough moment until probably 10 years into owning the business. Now, we created a very successful business in those 10 years, but my big breakthrough, that definition of success and overcoming that self-doubt didn't happen until 10 years into the journey. Can you speak more to that? Just because I know the listeners listening in, it can feel daunting. Anything else you want to add to that?
1: Yeah. No matter where you are on the journey of business, quote unquote, success, you have to have your own markers and indicators as to what that means for you. Because what is success means for me, being able to be with my children, not have to work, have the option of homeschooling or not, that's an indicator of success for me. For others, it may be a certain income, right? So don't let comparison rob you of celebrating your wins, okay? And so with that, I always tell my clients, When you go on this journey to being uh, visible, right? you want to look for what has proven that you're on the right track. Some people are like, oh, well, when I land that TEDx talk, then I know I've arrived. Well, that's great. We'll help you get there. But then what else? So having milestones of success will help you to not quit. So even if you're just starting out and you're wondering, okay, you know, why is my following not growing the way I see this coach? We're doing the same thing. We're specialized in the same area. So why am I not seeing that same amount of success? Well, their markers for success may be investing 50% of their budget in social media marketing, right? Hence why their following is growing. Your marker of success cannot be defined by someone else's markers. And so I would encourage uh, those of you who are listening and learning to really. Be very clear on what makes you successful so that along your journey, you can actually celebrate your wins and not compare
0: them to others. Well, that was beautiful right there. And as you're talking about having those milestones of success, I'm thinking, what are the business milestones of success? Like number of clients, amount of revenue, profit, audience, whatever those business Have your personal markers for success. Like you said, I want to be able to homeschool. I want to be able to stay home with my kids. For me, it was I want to be able to travel and do what I love. I don't want to have to choose between those. Having your tangible milestones, having the intangible milestones, and really getting super clear on that. And the clearer that we can be in all of those categories, I'm sure there's others, then we can stay focused on my journey's my journey. Your journey's your journey. Go you, celebrate you, and celebrate me. Here's the milestones I've accomplished.
1: Absolutely, because sometimes we get caught up in looking at people who are our same age or in our same a line of work, and we don't realize that their success is coming from 20 plus years of being unseen, of being hidden while we were doing something else, right? And so don't compare your start to someone else's middle. Don't compare your middle to someone else's end, right? Each of us were on a journey that is uniquely tailored for us. Your journey that's tailored fit for you will not fit someone else. And so we must, must, must use our own measurements, our own standards, our own key performance indicators, if you wanna be super technical, to identify, hey, we are making progress and let's not get distracted by the appearance of someone else's success.
0: So let's summarize the things. We talked about a common problem, and I love the way that you stated this, how between the start line, when we first get started on our journey, and the finish line, there is a lot of doubt in between. And we need to go into this with eyes wide open. We talked about how to minimize that critical voice and open our hearts to compassion. You gave us a great tip on how to overcome that doubt, that self-talk, that negative self-talk, rather than looking at the entire forest and the masses, really just to ask yourself, if you could just change your life of just one person, right? It means your gift is so valuable. We got into the discussion about synchronicities. You know, if we see or hear this negative self-talk, it gets so loud, just go at it anyway, because each step, and I love the way you describe this, is a vote in the direction where your calling is coming to fruition, you're watering that seed and asking that question, what am I more committed to right now? And then we had, you know, if you don't do anything, you're guaranteed to not get anything. Like that's for sure. And to remember that we're always just one person away from the breakthrough, that we're so close and we just have to persevere. And you gave us some great advice and you said, my pain should not interrupt my progress. I loved that like that should be something that we all write down on a post-it note and stick on our wall or frame it and stick it up next to our computer. We talked about how we can help our clients overcome their doubt. We even got into having that accountability partner to be with us on our journey. We had some fun stories about how long it took us to get to that point of overcoming our self-doubt or actually continuing to evolve in that area. And you gave us some great tips on having your own indicators of success. I think the last part of the conversation we had is probably one of my favorite where I took the most notes and how we can't let comparison rob you of celebrating your wins. We talked about going on the journey of being visible and having those milestones, breaking them down into different categories, business, personal, tangible, intangible. And then I think my favorite goal that you shared with us was your marker of success cannot be defined by others. Don't compare your start to someone else's middle. Don't compare your middle to someone else's end. Your journey is tailor fit for you. Oh my gosh, Chantel, do you have any parting words that you want to share with our listeners?
1: The most important thing to remember is that nothing in your life will change if you are not challenged. You see, The interesting part about understanding that we have something valuable is that it must go through a test. And so in order for you to have a successful business, to be that standout coach, you're going to have to go through some pain. You may have to go and bump your head against a couple of walls, proverbially. I hope you don't have to actually do that. But you will have to go through some type of pressure in order for you to produce the diamond that awaits. And I believe that each of you are capable of producing diamonds. So don't quit at the first sign of pressure.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Chantelle Henry for this great conversation. You can find out more about her and her free community, The League of Experts, at joinloe.com. That's joinloe.com. Chantelle, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Making It and Once Upon a Business. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer. And Danny Eni is our executive producer. To catch the great episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches, please like and follow us on Miracy FM's YouTube channel or your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time.
2: Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it?
1: In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy, folk, or traditional tale, and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators.
2: Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because... It's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite.
1: To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.